The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Yeah, we did scare the Seacocks. You could tell it was not an easy game for them. That and more here on show 422. And on today's show, we will have the post game for the Seahawks and a short pregame for the Denver Bronco Hoes. You know I love them hoes, and this time of year, you must be a part of the Slap a Ho tribe. That and the bone line should wrap it up, and little tidbits here and there and everywhere. So let's roll out. In a contest that was supposed to be a blowout, yeah, the Seacocks were two touchdowns, uh, supposedly, as far as points go. <laughs> Actually, it was 15 points, but that was not the case. The Raider Nation was up in the frickin' house once again. The great Northwest was full of silver and black, as always. And the fans, of course, the Sea Chickens or the Seacock fan, was out in full force. You know, they're supporting the 12th man, whatever the hell they call that. Uh, we call it the black hole, of course. And, you know, <laughs> their team came out like, well, they were just going to kick our ass. And in the first half, it looked that way. With three turnovers, some foul play, some foul-ass flags... Let me, get, let me get on a roll right now and say those flags were some bad shit. Talk about some terrible officiating. And even Tony Sperano uh, had a few words on this one. Coach Sperano, good to have you back on the show, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good, too. You know, I know you keep losing these fights here, but you fought well, especially in the second half, to make a, a hard-to-win game possible to win late as you're looking for positive signs. I'm guessing you saw some again yesterday. Yeah, we saw some again yesterday. You know, uh, I mean, one of the things we had talked about is – you know, bringing ourselves into the, into that environment, which is obviously a tough place to play against a good football team, and you know, not trying to weather a storm, but kind of trying to create one early, and uh, you know, and, and we didn't do it. Uh, you know, we actually uh, turned the ball over three times in the beginning of that game, and you know, you can't do that uh, and be successful on the road. But uh, you know, we found a way to fight our way back into the game, and started with a block kick and then we all of a sudden got some things going you know uh on offense and i thought our defense did a good job of uh 
of keeping those guys in check most of the time there, you know, uh, during the course of the ball game and getting off the field, particularly in the second half of the game there, to uh, to give us a few more bats to help us to get into it. And we had a chance right up until the end with an onside kick where the ball was out, and uh, we just didn't recover it. Hey, uh, I was going to save this for the end since it's kind of how the game finished, but since you just brought it up, that onside kick at the end of the game, they got two looks at it before you actually uncorked it because once Pete Carroll calls a timeout, Smarty wants to see how you're lining up. The second time, and you don't change anything, they have to call it off because an official's not in the right place. It gives Seattle's two looks at what you're trying to do. Did you consider going to another onside kick play? Is there another onside kick play? Well, we changed it. You know, we changed it uh, a little bit there from the first time that that we ran it. Uh, you know, or that we ran out there. You know, obviously he called a timeout, uh, which you know most teams would do in that situation to get yeah. a peek at it. And then you know when the second one occurred there, you know uh, I thought Seabass hit a good kick, and uh, you know and and this situation was what it was. You know, out there and uh, with. Uh, you got a good bounce on that first kick, too. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, get the hell out of the way, official Ed Hockley, with your arms. So, and then we, uh, you know, we, we lined up and kicked the, you know, the third one, and, and the ball was out on the ground. And I thought for a second there that we had it, and uh, and then they got on it. And unfortunately, that was, uh, you know, it was the end of the game, but I thought our kids played hard, you know, in the football game again. And, uh, uh, you know, effort wasn't the issue. And, and their will to compete against a team like that wasn't the issue at all. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, we fell, we fell up short out there again. And, you know, we did some things to hurt ourselves during the course of that game. The referees handed this game to the Seacocks. And if not, we had a really good chance of actually beating their ass. Along with another missed field goal by Jano Shankowski. Yeah, he's not doing real well. Last two seasons, he's really fallen off his normal, guaranteed self. This has concerned me, and it's becoming more of a concern as the season wears on. Some people would call him Jono Choke on a Fish Bonesky at this point. <laughs> One of many words used to describe our kicker when he's not kicking very well. One thing is for sure, the Raiders played their asses off. I mean, they played hard, they played every play, and they played like it was a Super Bowl. They blocked the punt. The Raiders up the middle. It's kicked back towards the Seattle goal line. It's now into the end zone. The Raiders recover it for a touchdown. Bryce Butler recovers the blocked punt. It was blocked by Danico Autry. Coming right in the A-gap up the middle with a left-hand block on John Ryan. The ball rolled all the way into the end zone. And Bryce Butler finally corralled it for a Raider touchdown. And the Raiders have a lot to, to uh, celebrate right now because they've been waiting to make something happen. Something happen. Anything. Offense, defense, special teams. And they finally did it. They finally made it happen. And what's curious for me from the Seahawks standpoint is the fact that at that time the Raiders showed that they were going to come after the block. But, yeah, we still had some Seahawks players release and go downfield like they were like the kick had actually gotten off. Yeah, it was the middle linebacker, Brock Coyle, who let Danico Autry just go. And now the point after by Janikowski, and the Raiders are right back into the game now. It's a two-touchdown game, so what a break. 
A minute and eight into the second half. The Raiders are back into the game and sailed on 24-10. to 10. You're listening to the NFL on Compass Media Networks. 95.7 The Game. This gives me great hope. I mean, it really does. The players are putting it out there. Actually, there was a DJ Hayden signing. Yes, he got penalized and he missed a, an interception, but he was in the mix. I got to say, I mean, I've been working this young man ever since we drafted him because we haven't seen him for sure. But if, and only if, he starts to get better, we might have us a diamond in the rough. I, I'll be the first one to say I was really a, surprised about his play, especially in this game. And let's just keep an eye on this young man. He could be a keeper. I'm not sure. A jury's out because he hasn't played football that long and like that. I think the biggest excitement I walked away from that game, the biggest, like, wow, I didn't see this, was DJ Hayden. And no, he didn't make the catch for the pick six, but I saw a burst. I, I saw a burst. I saw a guy who's running with their receivers. And he almost had that other interception that hit the ground. I, I'm, I saw a guy who has basically been injured for a year and a half. Now all of a sudden has got showing me a little something. I mean, he, he looked a lot better this past game than the previous games that he's been in. I'm still reserving judgment with him. Um, I, I think his skill set, um, he has a good skill set. But at the end of the day, you got to do it every day. You know, and, you know, he, he's like a rookie because oh, he, he hasn't really rookie. played. He's yeah. like a rookie. So you got to hope that these young guys just come around for this football team because you're going to build your roster through these young guys. We've talked about the quarterback for years. What do you think the last couple of weeks? Has he regressed? Well, I don't. I don't. I'm reserving judgment for a regressed quarterback because he's young. Man, young players do stupid things on the field. That's what happens in the National Football League. We want him to play like he's a 10-year vet, but it's unfair because when I came in this league, man, I got beat. We just didn't have all the TV channels and Twitter and Facebook and everything else tweeting it out all, all day long. I got beat, but you learn. So you got to hope each year, each week, this guy gets better. And as a rookie, as a young player, you're just going to do some silly things. He threw a pick six, so. But I like the aggressive mentality of the guy. I think he's going to be a good player. I think once he gets some weapons around him, a solid offensive line, he's going to be good. What do you yeah. think? You know, I was just going to add on to Rod's comment. You know, I came in with Joe Montana. Do you know how many things he would cover up by getting ahead three touchdowns in a game that coaches will comment on in the meeting room but it's not like a guy's going to get necessarily benched. You won the football game, so everyone's got that high good feeling. You know, I was in a fortunate situation that way. You screwed up as a rookie? Oh, yeah, I did. Third game, I got benched. That's what rookies I do. Got, hey, I wanted to make every tackle on the field, and I was playing outside linebacker. George Seifert said, hold the outside. Let... Let Mike Walter, let Ricky Ellison make the tackles in there. Michael Carter can make the tackle in there, not you. You make the tackle on the outside. So I sat for a few games, and, and I was not happy. <laughs> Second half, the Raiders came out, and they really were a machine. 
Uh, Derek Carr continues to develop as a quarterback. And all these boneheads saying that we should save him for next year, well, they're exactly that. They're boneheads. How do you expect the young man to develop, learn his trade, learn his craft, and learn how to read defenses? I mean, it's all about time on the field. Any player will tell you that you can't be off the field and learn. So he's doing his thing. He's really getting much better at it. And the fact that Darius Denarius Moore missed a pass because he was out on a bad route. He didn't run the route correctly. And Carr chewed his ass. And I'm loving that, as you should. As a competitor, it's very important that he holds his team to the grindstone. Rich Gannon. Who better to know a wrong route being run by a wide receiver than an old Silver Fox quarterback like yourself? Denarius Moore. There's talent there. I wish there were better hands there. But he honestly cannot play if he can't remember what route to run. We saw Derek Carr air him out uh, on one occasion. There was another play in the corner of the end zone. It looked like he should have run a uh, a quick dig route to the corner. That doesn't happen. He keeps going. Carr throws it to a place where no human exists. Um, is Denarius Moore long for this league with habits like that? I think you're right. I mean, you know, he's a guy that, that, you know, obviously has some talent. He's got some straight line speed, but, you know, the consistency and the production just isn't there. And when you, when you got, you know, at that position, it's all about exactness. You gotta, you gotta be in the right place at the right time. And you could just see there's a couple examples. He was running a deep cross at one point and there's a big opening. If he'll set the, he'll set the angle high, he'll get his depth. It should be at 18 to 22 yards. And he's at about 15 or 16 yards. It doesn't sound like a, a huge difference, but if you're fighting zoning linebackers and you're a quarterback and your car, you're trying to dump it in over the top, get get where you're supposed to be. And you could see the, the frustration from Carr afterwards. You know, Damon, the thing I do like about Carr, he's demonstrative on the field now. Yeah. You know, and he'll and he'll get even more demonstrative once he figures it out, once he gets more and more comfortable with his role as a leader on this team. But if it ain't right, you gotta say something. And I, I think we're starting to see that from Derek Carr and I really like it. All in all, the Raiders put up a good competitive game, and if not for Jano choke on a fish, Bonesky's missed kick, we really had an opportunity to win this game. And at the last minute, of course, you know, wah, 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 couldn't make it happen. But I will say the effort involved, the players' effort was very good. A couple plays here and there, a couple less fucking flags, and we had a chance to beat Super Bowl champions. Again, nobody thought the Raiders would have that game on their stick anywhere in the fourth quarter, and they did. They weren't able to capitalize. They didn't come out of Seattle with a W, but they came out of Seattle with a pretty good effort, certainly by that defense, and maybe a Derek Carr mistake or two away from stunning the whole world and beating the Seahawks. Our weekly conversation with Rich Gannon on 95.7 The Game brought to you by the Ford Store of San Leandro. Rich, how you doing, man? How you doing, brother? I'm doing really good. I'm doing terrific. I got a chance to uh, see the Raiders last week. They, I'll tell you, the one thing I came away with is that they they played hard. I mean, they, they competed. They're you know obviously they don't have the same talent on the roster that the Seahawks do, but boy, they, they gave them all they could handle after really serving up a couple, you know, three turnovers early in that football game. But they they kind of fought their way back into it, but just just couldn't finish. 
It was pretty impressive considering there's still no running game at all to be seen anywhere. They're playing in an incredibly tough environment. And even after all the turnovers, the you're completely out of the game moment never happens because that defense bows its neck and makes some really big third down stops and keeps it to a field goal. Uh, and, you know, they obviously had a good day on special teams by blocking the punt. Um, that, was, that was a better Raider effort than I could have ever imagined them having in those circumstances. Yeah, I took a couple things away from the game. I think, first of all, you know, the Raiders, the, the running game is just, I, I have no explanation as to why they can't run the football. I mean, part of it is is that Seattle spent most of the afternoon in the Raiders' backfield. I mean, so the offensive line, it, they're bigger guys. They struggle with quickness off the snap, and, and they're the guys that, that aren't getting their hands up quick enough and penetration. You know, you look at Seattle, they did a great job in the pen, with the penetration, and in fairness to McFadden, I mean, you know, you look at some of those runs, he, he literally was getting hit as he was, you know, two or three yards in the backfield. So that, that penetration will kill you every time in the running game. So they've got to get that resolved. But, you know, the, the quarterback, after making a few mistakes, he continues to impress me. I, I, I just, the guy is, he's got, he's got a great attitude about it. Um, he gets the ball out quick. He's very accurate when he throws the football and his feet are sound. And, you know, look, they're not great around them. I mean, they, we, we've been talking about that every week, but that hasn't changed. And then defensively, I thought that that was one of the better efforts I've seen from them. I mean, they, they, they went out there, three turnovers in the first half, and they get up to 10 points, and they I thought they kept them in the game. And, you know, eventually they wore down, but uh, that's about as good as I've seen Jason Tarver's unit play when you, when you take everything into consideration. I got to ask you a little bit about Khalil Mack because this is just a little something. Again, I'm I'm not disagreeing. I'm just waiting to see more before I anoint. And so many people want to declare him already. He's the defensive rookie of the year, and there's no close second. That's what some people are telling me, and I'll say something like, oh, "I still am waiting for that moment." And people will be, like, "Oh, Damon, you don't understand football. You couldn't evaluate a player." And Look, he's good. He's very good against the run. But um, for a guy who's being touted as the clear-cut defensive rookie of the year, I still can't identify, nor could any of my listeners, a single Khalil Mack moment. I mean, like, I'll just ask you, Rich, what's your favorite Khalil Mack moment of the year? I'll wait. Well, I think he's still, Damon, in fairness, I mean, the guy, I think he's, he's got the instincts. I think he's going to be a terrific player. Once I do, too. It all out. But, I do, but I too. Think the pass rush, yeah, I think, I think he's still learning. That the, you know, he, he just beat guys in college based on his speed, his quickness, and his power. That, he, that just doesn't work at this, at this level. I mean, you're going up against, you know, 330-pound tackles. You've you got to be able to have more to it. So I think he's still figuring that out. I think he's, at times you see him out of position. But I think you see the natural instincts, the, the, the you know the raw ability, and I think the the want to to be a really good player. And I think you also have to take into consideration what's going on around them when you evaluate that position. How well are they playing in front of them? You know, what's the issues in terms of um, you know where are they at with with the other with the other guys, uh, you know, the other linebackers. I mean, all that has to be factored in when you evaluate his play. But I think for the most part. Um, I think you've got to be pleased that uh, you know from what you've seen from so far. But I, I don't think he's a defensive rookie of the year yet. I think that's a little premature. Thank you very much. Appreciate hearing that from you, Rich. Again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with him. As a matter of fact, there's an awful lot right with him. There's a lot to like. But Raider fans are, I think, just so desperate to to attach their team to any piece of positive news that they you know they're jumping on this like it's just gospel truth right now. And I keep on saying, you know, I'm. 
I'll be really surprised if you can win defensive rookie of the year without a sack during your rookie year, um, which he doesn't have yet. And I know sacks aren't the end-all, be-all of measurement. Damon, a good chance it doesn't happen. I hope not. I hope so. But, you know, again, Kyle Fuller, uh, rookie cornerback uh, from the Bears. I mean, he made two picks in San Francisco, beat the 49ers almost by himself. Uh, Anthony Barr recovered a fumble, recovered it, and scored for Minnesota yeah, what, and won a game. What has Fuller, Fuller done since, though? I mean, you look at it, they, they they've, they've won one game the last month. And, you know, so, you know, they're, they're having their own issues in Chicago. Well, obviously, we're not using wins to evaluate rookies here if we're talking about Khalil Mack, right? No, we're not. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about Derek Carr and his progression. I- I've been saying that the the priority one now is to keep his spirit burning brightly, for him not to be beat down by just the savage nature of this season and the learning curve, making sure that his mind's on the right track. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think the quarterback, you know, what's, what's always interesting, Damon, I get the, I get the opportunity when we're going to do a game to spend, you know, the entire day with, um, or most of the entire day with the opponent. So, you know, I was doing obviously the, the Seattle Seahawks and we spent day, the day with John Schneider, the general manager. We talked to Pete Carroll. We talked to Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, and they all were talking about the, the quarterback. I mean, it wasn't like we got to stop McFadden. We got he all, they all talked about the quarterback and, yeah, I think that San Diego game got everybody's attention around the league. Now, the, the, the big thing with him, you know, you listen to Pete Carroll, and it's and they and they're all saying the same thing. I mean, he's, he's been impressive, but when he's comfortable, he's really good. But when you get around him, he's a lot less effective. And I think you've seen that on tape. I think you saw it when you studied him in college. That's the one thing that he has to be careful about because he does have a tendency at times. Uh, you know, to when 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 he, when he gets pressure, to you know, fade away from throws, and 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 uh, you know that's something that he's he's going to have to you know keep working on because you watch his, his his footwork when he starts getting some push, he's got a tendency to to you know to have his head and shoulders go back a little bit, and that's the one thing he has to continue to work on. But you know, I, I think that it's amazing he gets it out so quick and. He hasn't really been sacked very much, and he's a he's a very quick decision maker, and he's got he's got good vision. And the other thing I like about him is he's very accurate. He is accurate, and and I, I like the fact he's unafraid. You know, he's he's not turned himself into Captain Checkdown. He is looking to make plays for a team desperate to have a play made for it. And I do appreciate that. And again, I just I hope his football spirit just continues to burn bright through what has been a a baptism by fire so far in his first eight games. Listen, man, the Seacocks were running for their ass. They were stressed out, and they had good reason to be because the Raiders were playing good football and ready to take this game from them. And trust me, they didn't want to be the mark of an 0-7 team getting better on their ass. So... Good job, Raiders. I think it was a good game all the way around with the exception of officiating and some blown calls, some blown plays. We need to get our receivers up on the line, and uh, they got to run the routes designed for them, not whatever the hell they want to do, which is a problem, and it continues to be the dropsies, et cetera. But our team is competitive, and we're playing hard. What else can you ask for except for perhaps a win? And that is all I have to say about that.
Well, I'm going to go out on a tangent because, you know, I'm watching Gruden do his, his thing on Monday night, and I'm just looking at him, and I'm thinking to myself, what a treat it would be to have this man on the Raiders coaching line. Can you imagine? You've listened to him on Monday Night Football. He is an amazing coach. He, he lays it down so easy to understand. The players have got to get a better grip on the entire scheme when it comes to him. He is a great communicator and motivator. I was just thinking how many coaches would want to coach for him, how many players would want to come and play for him. It would certainly change the landscape in Oakland if John Gruden did get the job. And uh, I'm not talking about GM or any of that crap as coach, uh, but, you know, he is a great, great illustrator of the sport. You can understand what he's saying. You can see the motivation he has. He knows these players. He understands the playbook. And the better thing, above all, is he can decipher it and explain it to even a child like myself. So I will say this. I would love to see John Cruden on the sideline wearing a silver and black He fits here. He knows it. We know it. It would just be (laughs) near impossible to pull him out of the booth. It's an incredible task to do coaching and uh, much more work for the money uh, than he's making right now. But stranger things have happened. Right now, though, the Raiders are in a position for him to come in. I mean, think about it. They have a franchise quarterback. We do in Carr. We have the beginnings of a good offensive line. Our defense is starting to gel. You know, this is a time when a good coach could come in and move a few pieces around and have a competitive football team. Now, the reason I say that is we haven't laid down. Listen, they're still talking about the fucking Jets. A 7-1 Jets are still getting more press than the 0-8 Raiders, and the Jets really suck. They suck so bad. They're changing quarterbacks. They're, they are doing everything to try to make their team better. We don't have to. You can see our team is getting better just the way it is. Uh, if you, you, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and compared to the Oakland Raiders, all those teams, the Jets, the Jags, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay, they're all horrible. They're way worse than the Raiders, and yet... We get the shit because we have the toughest schedule in the league. Not mentioned enough, of course, on mainstream media, which is really a load of some bad shit. And that is all I have to say about that. Let's just do a little short pregame of a Denver Bronco game, shall we? What's my favorite well, the Denver Broncos are coming to the black hole, and they've got a chip on their shoulders. Really? Really? This team touted as the best in history, the best offense ever, the best quarterback ever in history, all the horse shit that we have to listen to every single time. We listen to any football news about 
Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. It's almost as bad as Tom Brady. Tom Brady. But I will say this. We almost beat those doggone Patriots, and the Patriots shellacked, and I mean shellac attacked, the Broncos at their house. This shows me one thing. They are beatable. They are not invincible. And the Raiders, yes, the lowly Raiders at home have just as good a chance of beating these hoes as any team in the NFL, especially at home. I'm telling you, man, we got a hell of a chance. Denver's game plan is simple. They've been doing it all year. Get so many points up on the opponent early that they just fizzle out and give up. That's their plan. I mean, it's proven once and again and again and again because they have such a prolific offense and they can put points up fast. They put the nail in the coffin early and cruise to an easy victory. This is how the Raiders have to play this game. They must put points on the board. The Raiders must continue to score, score, and score. That means our receivers must catch every freaking ball. That means our offensive line must put some creases in, open up some holes for McFadden to run through. And by the way, I don't ever want to see Drew again. I mean, the Drew... <laughs> The pocket Hercules is just an empty pocket as far as I'm concerned. He hasn't done shit this year. He's had the same opportunities as McFadden. And I had to tell you, but McFadden's kicking his ass in every stat. The only thing he does well is catch the ball out of the backfield, which I've been waiting to have happen. It did happen in the last game. That's what he's best at is being the pressure point when Carr gets pressured, get the ball out to him. And he can do something with it. But as far as running from the backfield through a crease, his days are over, man. His running days are finished. You could totally tell. I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if it's age. Whatever it is, he is not a tenth of the running back he was when we got him. So not to use him would be a smart move, especially in this game. I could think of nothing better. I mean, my season would be complete if we beat the Broncos at home. If we shellacked the Broncos in our house, and that was the only game we won this year, that would be, oh, so very sweet. That would be the best game ever for me because that would just show you the paper tigers that the Broncos are. You know, they're thinking they're going back to the Super Bowl. Well, so did the Niners, and they're 4-4. Four and four. So anything is possible on any Sunday. We have a team that can beat the Broncos. I have no doubt about it. I mean, I'm not saying it's doom and gloom because it's not. We have good players. When they play very well, they can make some amazing thing happen. This is the game. They must play well. I'm looking forward to this contest. I hope it's not a blowout. I hope it's a good contest. And the sweetest thing ever would be to walk away out of the Coliseum with a W against Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. That would be epic faux show. And that is all I have to say about that.
let's just take a listen to what Tony Perano has to say about this game. Um, I like this coach. I think he's got a, a good head on his shoulders and a good connection with the Raider players. I think anytime you get this kind of experience, it beats the heck out of the other kind of experience where you're just, you know, where you're sitting on the sideline and there's an unknown there, you know, when all of a sudden you're called in there and, and you have to do it. You know, I think that Derek's experience right now in, in game situations, game management situations, the things that he's seeing that he learns from every week, you know, I think that's a huge, huge value. And, you know, as I said the other day, I mean, you know, if I were watching this, you know, as a, as a fan, if I were watching this, you know, an opponent, okay, any of those things, I mean, that would concern me down the road. In other words, that this guy is getting the kind of experience and he's playing, you know, at a level that he's playing at right now. And I, and I mean, for a young quarterback right now, I mean, I don't know how many young quarterbacks there are in the league at this point, but I think he's playing as good as any of them right now. How do you keep the morale up just by the way things are going? Uh, honestly, I mean, these guys are really good professionals, you know, in the locker room there. Uh, we've been really positive. I'm really truthful with them. You know, I think that, you know, that's important at this point. I think you got to hear the truth. You know, sometimes people like hearing the truth, okay, or they say they like hearing the truth unless it's about them. And then they really don't want to hear the truth. So, uh, you know, our guys hear the truth every single day. And, you know, and the truth is that our football team is getting better. And that's the truth. We haven't won any football games yet, but we're getting better. And we're getting closer and closer to doing that. And, you know, I know so you guys, where are we getting better? How are we getting better? Look, I looked at the last four games, okay, and I looked at the f- previous four games. All right? I know where we're getting better. I mean, if there's 25 areas, we're better in 20 of them right now. Okay? Better. Now, is it good enough? Okay. Obviously, it hasn't been good enough. So telling these players the truth right now, knowing that they're getting better, they're having some successes in different points in time during the course of some of these games against good people, okay, I think keeps the morale up. And any time you get competitors in an arena okay, and they get a chance to compete at a high level against a good football team, it's easy to keep their morale up. So uh, it's part of their job, too. You know, but you know, it's also part of mine. You were on the Dallas staff when DeMarcus Ware was there, I assume. Yeah, I was there when we drafted him. And people appears to be having a pretty solid year this year. They bring in with Vaughn Miller. Are they running those guys off opposite sides, the same side? How are they no, I mean, they, they're playing them on opposite sides. You know, I mean, occasionally you'll get, you know, you could see them maybe on the same side, but mostly opposite sides. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, if they're on the same side, it's a little easier to grab them. You know, when they're on opposite sides, it's hard to decide where you're going to help, you know, and who you're going to help on. So that makes it a challenge. You know, I mean, one guy's got whatever, nine sacks. The other guy's got eight sacks right now. They have 25 sacks hey, uh, as we speak. And, uh, you know, they're two outstanding rushers. I mean, I've always uh, – DeMarcus Ware is a phenomenal person, uh, first of all, and he's a, he's a great – you know, really has been a great player. You know, was a great player for us in Dallas. And, uh, you know, I know how dynamic a pass rusher he is. And, you know, you can see his maturity. And then Vaughn, you know, I've always had a lot of respect for him as a player. So, you know, they're two dynamic players. I mean, it's rare that you find two on the same team like that. So it's going to be a heck of a challenge for us. It seems like the, around draft day there were a lot of comparisons of Mac and Vaughn Miller. Um, now that you've kind of seen – 
Kaleo play some. You've obviously studied Vaughn Miller a lot. Are mm -hmm. there similarities in styles and how they're used? Is that a fair comparison now? That yeah, there are similarities to how they're used. You know, I think now with, with DeMarcus there, Vaughn's being used a little bit differently you know uh, where Khalil is more you know being used as a strong side player you know in a strong side situation for us you know at the point of attack in a lot of situations so with the Marcus there they can change that a little bit you know at this point so I think you know maybe the job description has changed just a little bit you know in Vaughn's situation uh, but uh, you know yeah I still I still feel that way you know I still feel that way at this point yeah all the snaps that uh DJ Hayden had it. It was pretty much a crash course, considering he only had like five the week before. How did you feel about the way he handled the entire six-week period or whatever it was in terms of, you know, getting his body right, keeping it mentally? Yeah. I was really pleased with the way DJ handled the rehab part of it. I really was. You know, uh, honestly, you know, you put him in that situation, so there's a time limit on the situation. Obviously, you know, before you could get him back, he may have been prepared to go out there a little bit earlier you know than that but uh not much earlier than that you know and we needed the couple weeks to get him ready to go uh but i've been more impressed with how he's handled things mentally you know um he stood involved in the meetings you know made sure that you know his coaches you know got him his information and those type of things so i think all that's been really good i think you know joe woods you know marcus have done a good job with him uh that way so you know when he did get called into duty there you know it really wasn't a problem mentally i mean we didn't have you know dj didn't have mental mistakes in the ball game what he suffered from the ball game the other day okay was either you know obviously i mean we already rehashed that you know with the penalty thing but fundamentally you know you don't get that time back when you miss that kind of time you know i mean getting enough reps at you know in his pedal against speed you know getting enough reps at specific techniques you know and how he's going to play this technique man-to-man wise those things like that what he's doing with his hands those are all things that you know he hadn't been able to get so you know he's getting them now and he's getting better each day out there at practice from the time he was drafted or when he was and then he got hurt as a rookie, but it, it seems like he's built himself up in the upper body quite a bit. He actually has. He's changed his body, you know, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, that was something that we took note of in training camp, you know, when he reported it. And then I went back through it. You know, I went back through all those, all the training camp notes during the bye week, you know, when this situation occurred here. And, uh, and one of the things that I noticed was where he was body weight wise prior to this and then where he was when he reported to training camp hey, and kind of where he is right now. So, you know, he's done a really good job that way of kind of, we, you know, stripping him down and, and building him back up. He's, he's a bigger, stronger player right now, you know, than he was prior to, you know, obviously coming in here. Clark's had success in the past when he's been used as a tailback. Is that something? You guys want to look at him and get together running game, spark? Yeah, I mean, you know, we can we can certainly do that. You know, I mean, Marcel's had his hands on the football a couple times. You know, he's been limited the last couple of weeks. You know, I mean, with his, you know, and and to be honest with you, today I felt like he moved around the best that I've seen him move in a while today. So, you know, that's something that you could see happen because he's a big back. You know, that carries the ball a little differently. You know, I mean, than uh, you know than the other runners that we have, and you know. Uh, in his opportunities last year, that was something that he did a good job of. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, we're trying to, you know, we're just trying to get to a point where we can get enough carries, you know, to go around period here. 
and uh, you know bringing one more guy into the mix at this point although it might be you know it may be great and it might be a spark you know is a thought at the uh, 36 yard pass interference penalty the other day two guys going down a little bit of marginal contact they throw a flight and they get a first and goal mm-hmm. uh, Charles Woodson was on with the, the Denver media today and he told him he thought you know what? We had to go back to we had to go to college rules. We had to go to 15-yard pass interference. It's just you know it's not for that kind of contact. It's just not fair. Would you like to see a change in pass interference rules? Do you think sometimes that the reward that teams get is bigger than they should get? You know, honestly, I mean, I'm not going to get too close to that. I mean, Charles has a lot more money than I do, but uh, a lot. Hey, so, but you know. I, what I will say, uh, you know, on that situation is just that, you know, uh, I'm not, uh, uh, I kind of feel like as the game goes on, you know, and, and now, you know, when I turn the film on now, I'm watching, you know, 190 plays every week, you know, and you're going through them several times. And, you know, I can go through the game and watch it pretty clearly and see some things that, you know, maybe weren't called from our end. You know, when I, when I, when I say that, I mean, think fouls that we had that we did okay and, and then we're you know so at the end of it i kind of feel like all those things even out so i think that if i recall tj carey kind of injured his ankle and then came back into the game at least on special teams um is his uh, omission from practice today uh, a sign that maybe he was worse for the wear or is it a precautionary no he wasn't worse for the wear it was not a, and it wasn't a precautionary thing you know i mean we're just trying to get him through some of this right now and see where he is so uh you know i mean we need to get tj out there okay but you know obviously if he's you know if he's not ready to go out there we can't put him out there at this point so you know today was a rehab day for him and uh you know we'll see where he is tomorrow and see if we can get some work out of him tomorrow but you know to play against a team that we're playing make no mistake about it okay your defensive backs need to be out on the field i mean this guy you know this quarterback threw eight incompletions against us in two games last year eight total incompletions out of 65 attempts okay and that's 87.3 percent completions okay so if you're not out there and you're not seeing it it's gonna be hard to play All right, let's get to the phone line, 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181. Get on the phone line. I know it's been tough. I know my podcasts have been a little bit sporadic, but my goddamn bathroom is not done, and I'm having to do this show everywhere but where I'm used to doing it. So I appreciate you hanging with me. It should be over in another couple of weeks. I'm hoping, at least some of my, that's what my back says. <laughs> that's the best show. All right, let's get to the first caller. Who might it be on the line? 1-800-620-7181. You know the number. Get on it. Ladies, calling you out. And I love the first caller. He's a very good dude. My good tailgating partner, Juan Jorge, a.k.a. The Bandito. What's up, brother? What's up, Raider Grand? This is Bandito calling in. It's been a while since I've called in. Thought I call in and share a few thoughts with y'all. So, 
obviously we're not going anywhere this season. Um, that's a fact. We're 0-7. Um, were there a couple of games that we could have won? Sure. But that's the thing. We could have and didn't. And we still haven't learned how to close games. But I made peace with the fact that we're not going anywhere. You know, at first, um, with all the free agent pickups and the draftees and, and whatnot, you know, I felt that we had a team that could compete week in and week out and flirt with the playoffs. What I mean by flirt is playing meaningful games in November and December. Doesn't look like we're going to get there this year. But let me say something real quick. Finally, for the first time in a decade, we have something to look forward to. We have a quarterback, guys. We have a quarterback. That's been the key missing ingredient that we've been lacking. Okay, a head coach as well. But we'll get we'll get a head coach, you know, at the end of this year. Who that may be, we'll see. But we baby steps. We have our quarterback. How long has it been since we could have said that? Rich Cannon, that's probably been the last guy. We thought this big tub of lard from LSU could have been the guy. Clearly he wasn't. Um, but we really haven't had a guy that we can say, you know what? He's our franchise guy. Now we do. So to me, this year is dedicated to Derek Carr's development. Um, to me, this year is elevating his game and elevating his demeanor, professionalism, and and skill, really. Um, Derek Carr is a beast. And the guy has a great head on his shoulders. He's so smart. Um, he wants to win. You can see it on the field. Um, he's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. He is not perfect. But you can see that he can be that franchise guy. And that's something we've been lacking. Now we can build our offense around him. Um, obviously, this year we're going through our lumps. And um, this next offseason, we can now build around him. So, I mean, let's be honest. I know we don't like talking about the draft, but we're going to have a high draft pick. That's just the reality of the situation. Now we can build around our franchise quarterback. Plain and simple. The other guy who I'm really, really excited about and another guy who is is the key to a bright future, Khalil Mack. He has zero sacks, but let me tell you, he's a monster. That dude is all over the field, and he is a force to be reckoned with. He's gaining league attention. Every team we play has something to say about Khalil Mack. And the scary thing about this, these guys are just rookies. But we have two key guys on both sides of the football we can now build around. That's something we haven't been able to say in the last 10 years. I'm seriously looking forward to the future this time. And this is coming from a fan who's sitting here at 0-7. You know, so we'll get there, guys. We will. But this year, we at least we have our quarterback. We found our quarterback. And now, this next year, we can take that next step up. Not with aging veterans, not with guys who are past their primes. We can finally 
go through free agency and through the draft and build upon these two guys, this last draft class, and, and finally take that next step forward with whoever the guy is leading our ship, whoever that may be in the off season. But, you know, I just wanted to share, you know, give a little, little optimism, but, um, I'm telling you guys, we have something to look forward to. You know what? It could be worse. How could it be worse than 0-7? Well, let me tell you this. We could have not had Derek Carr, and we could have had just Matt Schaub and Matt McGloin, and that's it. Can you imagine that? Like, can you imagine just having Schaub and McGloin? Yeah, me neither. That's kind of disgusting. But um, we have we have a future, guys. We have something to look forward to. Um, better days are coming. Um, I feel this is the last horrendous year we have to go through until we take that next step. So I'm excited for the future, guys. I really, really am. You know, 0-7 sucks. I know it does. Um, I want to win just like the next Raider Nation. Um, but you know what? We have to take our lumps. And next year, we can finally start building around our two young stars. Uh, that's all I got to say. This is Bandito, and I'm out. You're reading my mind, brother. It's exactly the way I was going to end this show, and you got to hear at the beginning. You know, we've got a good nucleus, and I mean, no, let me just say a great nucleus. You know, that also brings to mind the free agents that want to come here, wide receivers, they're going to see Carr and go, I've got a chance. Defensive players, they're going to say, look, they got Mac over there, me on the other side, I'll make it happen. This is how you glean professionals that want to win. This is how we bring in coaches. This is how we bring in real players is by having a product that has a great possibility, and that's what I see for the Raiders. I see that with the dark times, yeah, we're 0-8, whatever. Whatever the case may be, we have an opportunity to really turn this thing around because of the key players we have. Very well said, Juan. Couldn't say it better myself, bro. Thanks for the call. And, yes, be loud and proud because next season we got some work to do and everybody better watch out, and I ain't joking. Our next caller is big-time Raider fan, Kenny. What's up, my brother? Hey, Raider Nation. This is Kenny, big-time Raider fan. And I'm kind of hurting just like everybody else. But uh, first of all, it's uh, Friday, Halloween. So happy Halloween to everybody. Just enjoying uh, watching the uh, Giants on their little parade here. And congratulations to the uh, world champion, San Francisco Giants. Fantastic job, fantastic job. But uh, my main purpose of this call, for everybody out there, all our, all our Raider fans, we're all on the same team. We're all We're all unified. We're all... We all got that one purpose. We all want to see big time Raider football. But you know what? We we do have a, a lot of things to be uh, happy for. You know, I mean, if you look on the Raider website, you see a big old picture of just one person. It's Derek Hart. And so uh, you got a little a little sun behind him, like he's the bright spot. You know, it's very symbolic if you really think about it. But that's a whole new a whole another story. But uh, yeah, a lot to be. Uh, uh, we need to stop and you know just kind of relax, you know, and just and just kind of see what we 
what we really have. We got a franchise quarterback for the for years to come. Uh, we got a player on the defensive side that looks like he can do the same thing. But uh, definitely, we got a, we got our quarterback. So if anything, at least the Raider Nation finally has you know that awesome that kicks butt. I can move. I mean, just look at let go look up the what uh, Pete Carroll said about about Derek Carr, his evaluation of him this week. So I'm predicting a, a win to the Raiders. We got to win sometime. We we were competitive against uh, San Diego, which is supposed to be a great defense. You know, Carr is just getting better and getting better. He's going to light it up. And uh, hey, we're going to win one of these games. You know, we're not going to go 0 and 16. Okay, guys. So relax, Raider Nation. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> But we're not going to go only six We're going to surprise somebody, maybe one, two, or three. Uh, so definitely, I'm going to wrap it up right now. Uh, we got a lot to be uh, happy about. Let's put it that way. Awesome quarterback. Probably going to have a pretty good uh, pick in the draft. Maybe trade it down and create some more picks. Who knows? Uh, Gruden might come back. What Gruden wants to come and coach the Raiders. Uh, he loves Derek Carr. So I mean. A lot of things, uh, big upsides for the Raider Nation. Okay, so relax. Don't worry about this year. Uh, we got our, we got our quarterback guys. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, go Raiders! Just win, baby. Just win. Now that's a great call. That's a great call because I just said exactly the same thing, and so did Juan. I believe the Raider Nation is just starting to get it. Uh, I'm just starting to get it. I mean, after all this. Buzz shit, losing all these games. I think the Raider Nation is starting to settle into the fact that it's just one season. We've been in pain for 10, so we can get better with the tools we have because we got some great tools. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is the Erie Raider. He's a good dude, man. Great fan. The whole family is awesome. I met them all. A great bunch of Raider Nation. What's going on, my man? Ready, Van Grader, Randy, Jerry Raider here. Hey, listen, I'm listening to your Cleveland podcast, and um, I, I I need to call on this. There's a lot of criticism on Reggie on his um, on the fact that we're so our record is so horrible, not just this year, but since his start. Um, I really think he's doing a good job with some of his draft picks out here, and even you're saying it, Raider Greg, when you're talking on your podcast where. You keep talking about C.J. Spiller and, of course, Mack and Seal Moore and Carr and so on. Um, I, I have to say his first year and a half were disastrous, which included the coaching staffs and so on. Uh, but I think he's finally getting his feet. I think he's starting to get somewhere. Uh, we just I think he needs this final year to prove himself on this next draft pick. Um, his handling of the cap room has been tremendous. Uh, you know, we now have, what, $70 million in cap space coming up here next year. And we, uh, of course, we have one more big draft round if we can do real well this year. I don't even care if we go with 16 at this point, just so we can get the best drafts we can get. Uh, he was so good last year. And the year before, he got some good talent, too, with Streeter and Moore and so on. Um, I think he's on to something. He just needs more time. Give him one more year. Uh, we'll see what happens. And I like Sperano, too. And I don't know if Gruden will come or not, but um, Gruden brings legitimacy. And, and, by the way, the first year with Reggie's draft, too, and his coaching – I don't think anybody wanted to come to Oakland. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had no other choice. Uh, I know that um, Wizenhunt uh, was, um, I think it was Wizenhunt we were after, some big name like that. 
and, uh, and they wouldn't come there just because of the situation. Uh, so, you know, I think that we just need another year here and uh, get some more good draft talent, get a stadium going, lots of cap space, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, as much as I, uh, as much as I want to see this team win, and um, as much as uh, I want to see Reggie successful, it hurts while we're going through this. But uh, I think Reggie's starting to get his feet. I think he's starting to get some good draft picks. Maybe not so much on free agency, but at least on the drafts, I think he's getting it done. And by the way, they didn't even have a professional drafting group when he got there. Keep that in mind, too. Uh, they didn't even have a draft room. You know, Al just did it all. He had a couple of uh, servants, but that was it. So Reggie's now building that up, and I think he's on to something. So I, think, I just think he needs more time. I think we need to chill out on him, as mad as we are at their, our record and how we look at this point. So... All right, guys, thanks for the podcast. I've loved this thing since the very beginning. I've been on it for, gosh, three, four years now, and it's just incredible. So keep up the good work, and uh, go Raiders. Well, that's a very good take. I mean, if you put it in those, those, those words, and if you look at it that way, yes, Reggie has done a pretty good job. He has blown it a lot as well. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's been some big-time blow-its. But he does have a five-year deal, so that means he probably will be here next year, unless they get an, a miraculous GM to come in here. But our team is looking better, and that makes it more attractive for everyone, players, coaches, everything. So we just have to look and see. Man, I'd be, it'd be tough for me to let Reggie get any free agents, that's for sure. But uh, his draft's been turning out okay. Hey, man, we got no choice. We got to ride with him. If uh, Mark keeps him, we got to ride with him. And, well, the way you put it makes me feel a little easier about keeping him in that spot. Uh, however, I have been pissed off at him for all the reasons I stated to begin with. But none of us are in that room, so let us see what happens. Great call, brother. Thank you. And our next caller from El Centro, California, Raider Loon, up in the house. What's going on, brother? What up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Raider Loon from El Centro, California. Um, I just saw Derek Carr get stacked, fumbled uh, somewhere in the second quarter, and uh, I'm just done with the game. To tell you the truth, I'm going to watch a competitive team play. I'm going to watch the Broncos and Patriots, but that's besides the point. Um, what the best thing you guys the fans there in Oakland that support, represent, and, you know, the fans there that, that represent the Black Hole every Sunday and pack the fucking, the, the Coliseum. Um, the best thing you guys can do to help the team, because you guys talk about your great loyalty, and I fucking respect that shit more than anything. Uh, the best thing you can do to help the team is have an empty Black Hole throughout a nationally televised game to send a fucking shiver to fucking Mark Davis's spine and put a magnifying glass on his ass by the NFL to see that their fucking top five brand, the Oakland Raiders are a fucking top five brand. Their fucking logo is taking a dip. You know, fucking all the... Because uh, Mark Davis doesn't give a fuck about you guys. You guys are just fucking dollar signs. He doesn't care about fucking making the team better, fucking spending all the money he could because you guys are going to fucking, he's going to cash in on you guys regardless. 
So if the NFL sees that this top fucking five brand in the NFL is starting to fucking lose its interest, they're going to do anything and everything in their power to kick Mark Davis out of their circle of owners. You can guarantee that shit. Because money fucking rules this NFL, and the minute fucking the money stops coming in, then fucking you know Mark Davis' ass is going to be out. I mean, they're already trying to do it. They just need more of a reason to it. How about an empty fucking black hole on a nationally televised game? That'd be great. Just once. Just once. Send a fucking message. Right? Anyways, uh, the best thing we could do draft-wise, um, I say we pull a fucking coup on the whole draft. If we draft first, draft that fucking Mariota kid and trade him to the fucking highest bidder and get yourself a shitload of draft picks and fucking start filling the fucking field with uh, just a bunch of good young players because fucking Buffalo, the fucking Jets, uh, fuck, there's like five fucking teams. I can't even think I'm so pissed right now. Anyways, there's a shitload of teams looking for a fucking number one quarterback. Mariota's supposed to be some kind of fucking next thing. If you fucking draft and trade his ass, Tampa Bay needs a fucking quarterback. They're probably going to pick third. You know, if you fucking take that option away from them, you know, you trade down with them, you fucking get two more picks, you know, fucking, oh, my God. This, this organization needs some answers, Ray to Greg. I need some fucking answers. I need the off season to happen now so I can just see the future already. Anyways, later in this fucking babbling. I'm out. Well, it's funny you should say that because if you'd have stuck with the Raider game, you could have seen that after the half, they kicked ass. They played good football. They, the Seacocks were running for their ass. Trust me. Uh, the Raiders played very good in that second half. And as, as far as I'm concerned, the Patriot Rats and the Bronco Ho game, I didn't want to see it. I hate both those teams. I don't give a shit what happens to them. It was good to see the Hoes get beat, however, and be, get beat bad. I loved it. So they're going to want something. They're going to come to Oakland thinking they're going to get something. Hopefully we give them everything that they don't want. And as far as the season goes, we're going to see our young players play. We're going to see this team continue to put effort in, learn this playbook, so we can carry it on into the next season. I'm not done with the Raiders. I'm not even close to being done with them. And as far as nobody coming to the game, bro, I don't think so, man. There's nothing like a game in Oakland, and whatever the team's doing, the fans make that game. They make that game. I mean, why do you come to the Coliseum? Come to see the Raiders, but you come to see your brother and sister Red Nation faux show. It's a party up in the house. Nobody is going to be staying home on Sunday, bro, no matter what. Thanks for the call, man. And next, my very good brother. Autumn Wind Williams up in the house. What's going on, man? All right. This Autumn Wind Williams giving y'all a holler. Ray to Greg, Red and Randy. I want to first thank y'all for editing all that bullshit that I was speaking last week. I was drunk off my ass. As far as with this game, all I got to say is no more victories. That first half, I felt like I was going to have a stroke just looking at that shit. But bottom line, I'm going to say what Sperano been saying 
I was saying even before he was, Oakland beat Oakland. That's all that happened. I'm out. That's very well said, brother, because it's true. Oakland beat Oakland in the first half. I mean, they got all spazzed out. And when they settle down in the second half, there we see the team and the possibilities thereof. These guys need to settle down at the beginning and just play solid, sound football. And I believe we're going to get our win in a game just like that. Thanks for the call, man. Our next caller is very optimistic. It is Raider Jesse James. He's up in the house. He's from Texas. What's up, brother? Raider Gray, this is an optimism call, man. Raider Jesse James out of Dallas. Um, we ain't the worst team in the NFL. Fuck the 0-8. We ain't. The thing is, we have the toughest schedule in the NFL. Okay? Keep in mind, we have Derek Carr. We have Cleo Mack. Right? That's the future. Awesome. But then at the end of the day, Raider Nation, we're not the worst, man. Okay? Think about it. Look at the Chargers, boatless, nutless Chargers. 0-7 against the Fence. We didn't even lose that bad. Okay? Think about it. Now, did we lose? Look at the Cardinals and Cowboys. Okay? Did we lose that bad to the Cardinals? No, we didn't. So, my call is pinpoint. Give it up. We have the toughest schedule. Okay? We have no fucking stadium. We have no head coach. I like Sperano, but he's not the future. He ain't. Okay? Eric Carr is, Khalil Mack is. Plain and simple. So, next year, we're hoping for a good wide receiver, good cornerback, you know, good defensive lineman. So we need, in general, we're a nation, have hope. We're against all fucking odds, including the NFL, which is the biggest odd. They don't like to see us win. Period. As much as the commentators say, and the NFL is more interesting when the Raiders are good. Yeah, well, um, tell that to the NFL. Tell that to Roger. Either way, we're a nation. We're headed in something big. Ready, Craig, I give you props. Listen to your last podcast. You're right, my man. Love you guys. Stay positive. Raider Nation. You know, that's what I love about the bone line is it shows the, the absolute kind of uh, mind, common mind of the Raider fan. We're all kind of in the right place, in the same place, thinking about the same things. It's amazing to me. That's why I love the bone line. It lets all of us know that, hey, man, I'm okay. I'm thinking the right way. <laughs> that is Foe's Joe. Thanks for the props, brother. It is good to be a Raider fan because it just seems to me that we are going to be destined for great things. Thanks, brother. And our next caller is Raider T-Bone in the great Northwest I'm sure he was at the game. So what's going on, my good brother? What up, Raider Greg? What up, Raider Randy? Hey, this is Raider T-Bone up here in the Pacific Northwest. 
I uh, just want to give a shout out to uh, Raider Greg. Thanks for the hospitality. I was down there at the Cardinal game. Sorry, I didn't get back sooner. I've uh, been busy at work, a lot of overtime, but you know how that goes. But uh, yeah, much props, much props. The Raider Nation was deep, man. You you showed me much love. I appreciate it. I'll be back down for another one. You you know it for sure. Uh, up here in Seacock territory, and uh, we played a good game. Car looked good, except exception of a couple turnovers but hey he's a gunslinger and i like that about him he's not scared to go back at it so hey it is what it is you know playing the seacocks i thought it was a good game we only lost by six could have been worse you know but uh all in all the defense is getting after it i don't know if it was just because we were playing the super bowl champion and if it was so be it we look good we had chances Still need to tighten up that run defense, though. But uh, all in all, I can't be too upset, although I'm going to hear a bunch of shit at work tomorrow. But, hey, to be expected, didn't get the W, so be it. Uh, hey, once again, Raider Greg, thanks for the hospitality. I appreciate it. Raider Randy, thanks for all the directions and all everything you did for me. Raider Nation, for life, I'm out. Raider T-Bone, representing the Pacific Northwest. I'll be back down to Oakland for show. First, you are so welcome, bro. Anytime or any fan wants to come down and pate with the Raider Nation podcast and the crew, get on down here. Get your ass in a seat. We'll just have a damn good time, whatever happens in a game. But yeah, you know what? You should be proud. You should look at any of those Seacock fans. First of all, ask them to name three players. I bet you they can't. Second of all, I think that uh, they all knew we lost by six, but we are on our way to get a touchdown. We were trying to win the game. And tell me, tell me they weren't stressed. If they did, that's some bullshit because we were on the way. Honest. Thanks for the call and the props. Things will get better, and you will see. And a great caller, one I love to call my friend. This is Rada D from the IE. That would be the Inland Empire, that is. What's going on, man? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, this is your boy, Raider D from the IE. I'm chiming in uh, after the uh, game yesterday. Um, I want to try to give a couple positives because, and you know, we have to try to find them. I think we, you know, everybody who's a football guy who fucking understands the game and understands building a team and, and, and harnessing talent uh, can, can look at what we have on the field right now. And our fucking rookie class this season are straight-up ballers. Uh, I mean, Mac is a beast. Carr is a beast. Jelly is a beast. These motherfuckers are out here putting it down. And uh, I'm going to fucking go out here and, and stand up for DJ Hayden yesterday, man. He got fucked on a pass interference play. He played very damn good defense on that play. That's a bullshit uh, uh, call. I mean, you're going to get those. But if he plays defensive back like that, and we can get these other motherfuckers, man, he, he's in the route. That's a beautiful play. He got fucked. And then that taunting shit. Well, what the fuck? I mean, you know, anyways. But – uh, Carr, he threw two picks. Uh, one of them, I mean, actually, I'm not really a – I hate to see an interception, but 
when a motherfucker goes up 10 feet in the air, man, taps that ball to himself, that's a highlight rule play. I mean, a highlight real play. You're not gonna, you're not gonna see that every day. And then Richard Sermon getting you, you challenge him long enough, he's gonna get you. You know what I'm saying? But he's still throwing darts, man. The guys caught some balls a little bit better. Our running game sucked yesterday, but you're not gonna run on some of these defenses. We gotta get a. Why aren't we running rushing uh, um, the, the the young Buck Murray? We gotta get him in there because he's gonna be the future in the backfield. At least that's what we were we were sold. And if he's gonna be, get him out there. Um, the other kid, uh, uh, kick returner, he's playing DB too. He's playing pretty good ball. Our rookie, I'm telling you, man. These these more recent draft picks, CO Moore. I mean, they're they're out there balling. We're not getting a whole lot out of our vets, except for Charles Woodson. And, and you got to give this guy credit, man. He came to Oakland, you know, on a nostalgia tour, and he's showing the fucking fans what Raider football is about. He's showing these rookies what Raider football is about. He's showing the league what fucking you know what all those years of of him being a good defensive back, being a lockdown corner. Being a fucking hitter, they, you know, didn't go for not. He's still the fucking monster out there. Anyways, I'm just rambling because, uh, you know, we lost a game that you take back that P.I. and that pick, you know, we're right. We played pretty good game. I mean, you know, turnovers killed us early. We secured the ball later on. Got us a pick of our own. Well, Hayden got, got ripped on that uh, uh, interception. That he had, I mean, fuck. But close calls and, and uh, replays, you know, we're fucking Raider fans. You know what's going to happen. Anytime it goes to the booth, anytime it comes down to the, the flag um, going up there, we get we get job, you know, nine out of ten of those. So there's real no no reason to get too fired up over the, over the calls. Keep watching, fellas. Keep watching these young bucks. And we need to. I'm gonna stay out of those fucking groups on Facebook because all this goddamn whining, man. I'm telling you, I'm gonna stand out in front of the fucking O with a cheese stand and, and get rich off all these whiners. You need some cheese to go with that shit. It's Raider D, and I'm out. You got to get some cheese if you can have the wine. That's funny, brother. Yeah, we got a good rookie class. It's right, man. See more. That T.J. Carey, that punt returner is a beast. And I got to tell you, I got to eat my words on Hayden. He played a great game all the way around. And he did get jobbed. Uh, the flags always fly on the Raiders. And, yeah, if it goes to the booth, it's going to be bad for us. And if the ref says more than two words, if he goes in this long explanation, we also going to get jobbed on that too. So, that's the way you gotta we gotta fight flu through the penalties, man, because we're gonna get them until we start kicking everybody's ass, and we probably still get them. It's just who we are. Thanks for the call, man. I'm loving the positive vibe. I think we got a great future ahead of us too. It's just starting to show. Thank you, brother. And our next caller is Raider Jesse James out of Dallas, Texas. What's going on, my Raider brother? <laughs> Hey, Raider Nation. This is Raider Jesse James out of Dallas. Hey, Raider Greg, your last podcast, man. Actually, your last two podcasts have been phenomenal. Okay. First one, you uh, took the feelings out out of the whole Raider Nation, put it right there on the table. 
second podcast, you ate those feelings. <laughs> and by that, I mean it was uplifting, man. Um, listen, real short and sweet guy. We are 0-8. We'll probably be 0-9 against the Broncos. Okay? I don't think, and as Matt Miller's uh, Paul Racking go, if you give a fuck about that, uh, we're number 28. Uh, we're not the worst. And I agree. Okay? We have things to build upon. I think the, the future is brighter than what most people think. We're, we're uh, fighting close battles is what I want to see. We're not getting ran over just like the Chargers, boatless Chargers, 37-0 against the Dolphins. We gave them a, you know, even if we lost, we didn't get spanked that bad. Um, six points shy of uh, being the Seahawks at Seahawks. I mean, we're fighting, guys. We're fighting. And, uh, yes, uh, I agree with you, Raider Greg. This is what I'm calling in. The future will be brighter. We will get a coach. We will get a stadium. And I believe, and hopefully, um, I believe that Reggie might be out, okay? Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I do want, you know, I kind of want to keep him because he did bring in Carr. He did bring in Mac. Uh, he did drop the ball, though, on the free agency. That's a whole different conversation. The point of my call is, guys, we got something going. We're not the worst, but we do have the worst schedule in the NFL. Keep that in mind, and with the weapons that we have, and the coaching staff, the footery that we have, we're putting up a fight. Imagine if we had the coaching staff that we needed and a couple of other pieces in the puzzle as far as the team, getting rid of these old guys, bringing in younger guys, hungrier guys. Trust me, we got something going, all right? Y'all stay positive. This year is done regardless, but let's hope you know, and, and have a brighter future, because I believe we do, Raider Frank. You, you, hit, you hit it on the nail, man, all right? Uh, anyways, guys, be safe out there during the holidays. Stay safe. Raider Nation, out, out. Well, there you go, Raider Jesse James, too. I mean, we're all pissed at Reggie. You guys have heard me rant about his ass. But, you know, in the heat of, <laughs> the heat of losing, I'm going to go through this at the end of the show. Matter of fact, I'll save it for then. Great call, man. I love the positiveness. You're seeing it. We're all kind of seeing it happen at the same time. That's amazing, man. It amazes me that we all kind of came to the same conclusion uh, on our own. A great call, and uh, thanks for the positive vibes, brother. And our next caller from Baltimore, Maryland, the postman. He's up in the house. What's happening, brother? <laughs> Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this postman Raider here, calling from Baltimore. I was calling today, because I've heard the last couple podcasts you've been bagging on Reggie McKenzie. As a Raider fan, I'm telling y'all, you need to be careful what you wish for as far as letting him go. This man came here, he had no cap, he had players that were grossly overpaid, Haywood Bay, Stanford Route, Cameron Wimbley, the list can go on and on. He had no draft picks. Two years in, Hayden, question mark still, but C.O. Moore is balling. Menelik Watson's coming along. Mac is the man. Carr is playing well. You can go on. Jelly, Gabe Jackson, Curry. Man knows how to draft here. I think we need to give this man two more years. No GM is perfect. I'm here in Baltimore. Ozzie Newsom is the general manager for the Ravens. 
he's considered one of the best in the league. That man isn't perfect. He's whiffed on a lot of players. So we got to give him time. Yeah, he's messed up on some of the free agents he brought in this year. But a couple of years ago, Philip Wheeler was the man. We got outbidded. You know, we lost Vance Walker. We got outbidded. I mean, it happens. We just got to give him time. And everybody's talking about John Gruden. I love John Gruden. I'm tell y'all now, he wants to be GM. And that might be a problem. Ain't too many coaches in this league been coached and GM and done well. Only one I can think of is Bill Parcells. This man named Bill Parcells. He ain't coached in a few years, too. I don't think that's the way we should go. The man we should be going after is Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, Raider fans, I've been a Raider fan for a long time now. It's 89, and uh, it's bleak right now, and it's looking dark. But I think we need to keep our heads up because this man, Reggie McKenzie, knows how to draft out of college. Yeah, he's with us for free agents. But I think he deserves it. If we get that number one pick, I think we need to give him another couple of years if we really might be looking at something special. That's all I have to say. You know, love the podcast. Keep it up, fellas. You know, I look forward to it every week. You know, once again, it's Postman Raider out of Baltimore. There's another guy with a good take. See, I don't know everything. You guys know that already because I'm sure I've heard you guys on the other end while I'm doing my show say, oh, Raider Greg, that's the best shit. And I'm sure of it because I'm not perfect by any stretch. Yeah, I got my beefs with McKenzie. We all have. And perhaps he does need some more time. You know, perhaps he will get an extra year. He's probably going to because his contract He's a five-year guy. He's going to get at least another year. So we'll see what he has to say after this next draft. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, man, our team's looking real positive. It looks like it's turning. I mean, ever so slowly. But, man, there's some light. And I've been saying that for a while, but we're all seeing it. We're all seeing this team develop, a young team with young talent. We just have to keep them here and not get rid of him like we did last time. Those are the worries I have about McKenzie. Like all of a sudden he's going to trade Mac or he's going to get rid of Carr for, you know what I mean? So I hope that doesn't happen because if that happens, it's going to be all crazy up in the house. But if he keeps on and keeps our young talent and does better in free agency, I mean, he doesn't have to be perfect, but he has to be better. And that is all I have to say about that. I appreciate the call, brother, and the wisdom Faux show. And our next caller is much more upbeat than he has the last couple of calls. My very good friend from Texas, Obi-Wan Raider. What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Obi-Wan Raider calling in from Magnolia, Texas. All right, Raider Greg, you're all right. I'm a fucking Raider junkie. Still holding out hope like a dumbass. Uh, you know, I got to thank you for your comments after mine last week. And then also, you know, my 10-year-old son, you know, Dad, you're off today. We always watch the Raider game together. It doesn't matter if they lose. We're watching the Raider game together. It's Raiders and it's me, your son. And it just slapped me right back into reality. Ironically enough, our fucked up offense, the first half, snapped me right back into reality as well. 
But during that multiple slap, I had an epiphany. Now, bear with me here, Raider Greg. This is way outside my purview. I'm usually the blood and guts, hellfire, screaming at the top of my lungs. But this doesn't make sense now. I'm a religious man. I've prayed and prayed and prayed and was ready to offer up and I'm ready to give up offerings and sacrifices so that the Raiders will win. Everything is happening for a reason. I honestly believe that this is to make us more attractive to a newer coach in terms of a high-caliber, high-profile. $56 million in cap space. Essentially, two first-round picks having the number one overall pick in the first round and then the second round. Compensatory picks. We have a formula on defense. Our young linebacking core to build around with C.O. Moore and uh, Khalil Mack, who should be the defensive rookie of the year. Even the haters are saying that. We've got the quarterback. He's got to learn. Peyton Manning was 1-15 his first you know, season. I think we need to keep um, Tarver. I think we need to keep Bobby April. You know, some of those draft picks by playing those younger guys, it's really, really paying off when defense is starting to jail. Offensive line, we've got to scrap the whole damn right side, pure and simple. Howard needs to be gone. Put Minnelik Watson there at right tackle. Let him get his bumps just like we're giving Carr that opportunity. Khalid Barnes is fucking useless. We drafted Tony Bergstrom. Where the hell is he? Put it as a fucking right guard. The season is fucking awash as it is right now. Put Manly Watson and Tony Burson there, right guard. This is where you're playing the rest of the year. That way we can know definitively by the end of the year if we need a right guard and a right tackle. I kind of look at the positives here, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. Uh, hopefully we don't go 0-16. I do not want to be lumped in with the fucking Lions. Uh, hopefully we win at least one, and I hope it's against the Broncos or Chiefs because I hate those bastards. Or even San Diego. I hate the Broncos even more. Goddamn John Elway, you fuck tooth bastard. At any rate, there's uh, Obi-Wan Raider with some uh, words of encouragement, Nation. I know it's fucking scary, right? Go Raiders. Obi-Wan Raider, out. Isn't it amazing that our children can teach us lessons? Isn't it amazing how your son brought you back to reality? Which is, we're Raider Nation, Dad. We're, we watch the game no matter what. And that's how it is with me, too. I mean, yeah, I get pissed like you. Everybody gets upset. But really, what boils down to is if you look like you have been, like we all have been, there's a positive end to this game. We're not like, we're not like the Jets who have nowhere to go. We're not like the doggone Tampa Bay Buccaneers with no players and nowhere to go, or even the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have a good nucleus of players. They're playing hard, and we're picking up some guys, and we do need to play some of these guys because this is a wasted year. We need to see what they have in the first string and let it roll. Uh, I like Bobby April as well. I think Tarver's been doing a pretty good job so far. So let's just see how the season ends up. We have a new coach coming in maybe next year, maybe not. Uh, we'll have to see. A lot of changes going on for the Raiders. One thing's for sure, it looks better. At least to me it does. Thanks for the call, man. And you know who our next caller is. He's RJ, the Raider junkie from East Whittier, California. What's going on, brother? 
Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is the junkie from East Whittier calling in today after that game. Man, what a hell of a game, man. We really had a shot to win that game. But as usual, as our season's been going, uh, the first half didn't go our way, man. Too many turnovers, too many turnovers. But, hey, those are the going things we're going to have with Derek Carr. I'll take it. I'll take it because he showed a fight in the second half. As, as Romo would say, he had a little um, amnesia, you know, let it all go away this first half, come back second half. He had a great game coming back. Let us, hey, we, we could have pulled it out, you know. Um, we had chances. We had opportunities. You know, Seabass missed that one, one field goal, and I don't know what's wrong with him, but uh, we could have used those three points, you know. And uh, we really, really moved the ball good. I, I We couldn't run the ball, but every single time we were throwing the ball, you know, we were moving it. Uh, we were scoring on them. I just think that first half, we just dug too much of a hole. Second half, we couldn't, we just didn't have enough. But, hey, I give all hats off to the defense because they only scored, fuck what, three field goals? I mean, two field goals in the fourth quarter. So we, we shut them out the third quarter and only gave up six points in the fourth, which I wish we wouldn't have gave up. But still, the defense was out there, man. They played their hearts. So I had my ass off to them. And the young kids playing, man. I, I, I think we got to go with the youth right now. I mean, uh, they really look good. Perry looking good. DJ starting to get into it. I just need, he needs some more reps. That's all. He needs to get back into the playing speed and everything. And he needs to calm down and get away from those damn penalties, man. You know, guys, to keep his, keep his cool. Keep his cool because, you know, that penalty kind of hurt us, you know. And that, in, uh, that pass interference, I don't know, but pass interference, uh, that was a, just a close call. But, hey, you know, it's the Raiders. What do you expect? You can get no fucking help from the refs. But anyway, I think the overall effort was great, you know, in all three phases, you know, except for the offense, you know, at the first half, you know. Like I say, that's the one that put us in the hole. But special teams stepped up today, so except for Janikowski, of course. But you know what? It looks good. Our future looks good. I say let's stick with our youth, get Jelly in there some more. We, you know, uh, our line's getting young, I mean, with, with uh, Watkins and, and uh, Gabe Jackson. So uh, let's see if we can uh, see. We look forward to next year. I don't care if we go in 16. I would love to go 1 and 15, get that egg off. But I'm already looking towards uh, Mel Kuyper's little fucking picks for his college boy, see who we can pick up next year, where we think we're going to go, what kind of pick we're going to get, and who do we go for? What, what's our need? What's our strongest need? I like our defensive backs. Like I said, they're young, they're hungry, and they're fast. Uh, our linebackers, I think, were pretty much it. I don't know. We need some, maybe something on defensive line, offensive line, maybe another running back. But uh, let me know. Let me know what you think because I'm already thinking, what else do we need for next year? You know, to to surround Derek Carr with some weapons. So let's see what happens this week. Let's see. Hopefully, some of the young guys get some more reps because I'd like to see them. Uh, uh, this is all nothing but auditioning. We're no playoffs. All we're playing for is. The veterans are playing for their paychecks. The young, the young guys are playing for a spot for next year. So um, let's see what we got, Raider Nation. Let's see somehow we can get a win. I'm looking maybe the Rams. Hopefully, can beat the KC somewhere. Maybe split with them. But uh, looks like a victory is going to be real tough this year. But uh, hope at least pull one out. So Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Talk to you guys next week. Uh, let's go, Raider Nation. Let's see if we can get one this week. Oh, and I would love to get one at home. It would be beautiful. All right? So, hey, take care, Raider Nation. I'm out. Now, did you hear RJ? Did you hear the positiveness in RJ's voice? Now, this is a guy that comes off really big time. He goes off and tells it like it is.
If it's shit, he calls it. But him, just like everybody else, pretty much sees our future. You know what? We can't get emotional at this point. We can hope for a win like this weekend against the Bronca Hose. Oh, what a sweet victory that'd be. I just want, like I've said all year, the Raiders to put their best foot forward and play good football to keep fighting till the last tick of the clock. And so far, it's been pretty much that way since Coach Allen left anyway. Wah, wah, wah. Thanks for the positive call, brother. It is always good. And our next caller is from Los Angeles. That's right. This is Raider E. D. Should I call you Ed? <laughs> What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, Raider Nation? On the just want to throw down on the bone line. E. D. Checking in from L. A. Again, pissed off at the Raiders. We we played good though. Sunday came close against the Super Bowl chumps. This came up a little short, but it's okay. I'm just pissed the fuck off because it's our 15th straight loss. Just, just fucking frustrated, pissed off. Hopefully, hopefully we can get a win against the Broncos, which I doubt. Seventeen straight losses. The 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 errors are just piling up for my Raiders. Hurt, distraught, fucking pissed off ass Raider fan. Hopefully, this I'm just trying to get through the season. That's it. Ed checking in on the ball line. Go Raider, fucking nation, straight up. Raider Ed hasn't gotten quite there yet. Uh, I'm going to explain it all at the end of the show, but he's pissed. We were all pissed. He's frustrated. Oh, we're all frustrated. But I think the rest of us have has come to a an understanding about where we're going and our direction, kind of step back and take a look at our future. And I think you got to be more positive, brother. Look at what we got and where we're going. Look at our players and look at the possibilities for next year. We have to. What else do we got? And I think compared to all the other bottom teams in the league this year, we got the brightest future of all of them. Thanks for the call, man. And just think about it for a minute, man. Things are better than you think. Our next caller is Raider Rubin from North Carolina. What's happening, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's going on? This is uh, Raider Rubin from North Carolina calling. Gotta get some things off my mind. Got some bones to throw. So here it goes. I'm not calling about the game on Sunday. Uh, I was pretty impressed with the defense. I, I thought the best game I've seen them play all season long. A um, couple of the guys that eventually uh, brought in off of, off the street, off of uh, waivers and stuff like that. The center defending pretty good. I was uh, pretty impressed by Derek Carr's performance. It was kind of shaky at first, but against that defense and Super Bowl champion and being a regular season game, not a preseason game, he showed a lot of the boys, made some a lot of rookie mistakes, and that's expected. I mean, hell, even Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his rookie year. You know, he is a rookie. He is still learning on defenses and stuff like that. And with a good coach, quarterback coach, and offensive coordinator, uh, he can only get better. Um, somebody that knows what the hell they're doing, not the the buffoons that they have right now. But um, my other my my bone is my my bone to take with is with uh, some of these so-called diehard Raider fans. 
I'm looking at social media. I'm, I'm looking at their profile pictures, and they got the Raiders logo with a bag over the head. You know what? You know, you, you're entitled to do whatever the hell you want. But Raiders, true Raider fans, we don't do that. You know, we wear our colors with pride. You know, 16 or 16, it doesn't matter. We represent as if we won the Super Bowl. And that's how it is. Uh, I, I really don't have the time and tolerance uh, to read all these negative uh, remarks, especially towards our rookie quarterback, who right now is playing above expectations. I mean, the great John Gruden wanted the Raiders to select Johnny Manziel, and Johnny Manziel can't beat Brian Hoyer for the starting job in season. So uh, for all you fans out there, you know, giving Derek Carr a hard time. He is a rookie quarterback. There is going to be some growing pains. You know, it's 12 years of losing sucks. Yes, it does. But what did you expect? I mean, he beat out Matt Schaub and Matt McGloin. That, that should tell you enough right there that the kid is talented. He may not be uh, uh, Tom Brady or Drew Brees and all that other stuff, but it's expected. he got he got to have some type of patience, especially with a rookie quarterback. On defense, we're supposed to have this great defense for and all these free agents, but as you can see, and everybody else can tell, that that didn't work. You know, you can put um, a million-dollar paint job on, on a house of shit, but it's still a house of shit. So give Derek Carr a little break, you know. And a certain fan out there that I won't mention his name, but his name rhymes with... Uh, Phony fan, um, look, I'm just going to put it blatantly like this. Thoreau Pryor would have lost his, his job to Derek Carr. Point blank. There's a reason why Thoreau Pryor is not on an NFL roster. The guys, after being cut from Seattle this season, this preseason, he's been invited to two or three NFL teams to try out. And guess what? He's still sitting on a couch. Derek Carr wipes the floor with Terrell Pryor. I don't care how mobile he is. I don't care how big of an arm he's got. Hell, if, if Derek Carr doesn't know how to read a defense, then what the hell is Terrell Pryor's problem? The, guy's a, the guy is a one-trick pony. Damn, I mean, come on now. You guys, a lot of you guys who are, are just on this Terrell Pryor's jock don't seem to realize that the guy the guy is not an NFL-type quarterback. Just, just drop it. This whole Terrell Pryor talk being, you know, he should have been a quarterback and he think he got biased by racist, so-called racist Dennis Allen, that's a bunch of bullshit because if, if Dennis Allen, not to defend him, but if Dennis Allen was racist, so then so is Pete Carroll and every other NFL quarterback that's out there that doesn't happen to be, happen to be black. I mean, stop it. It's, it's a bunch of bullshit. Well, Greg, that, that's my uh, my little Terrell Pryor rant. I had to get that out of my chest because it was just came to the point where, you know, it was just getting crazy. So, uh, Raider Nation, man, come on. You need to get to band together regardless of record. You know, it sucks that 12 years of losing. Tony Sperano, he's seeing the game and the trips together and, and he's doing um, some good, pretty good things. Not great things, but it's a lot better than what Dennis Allen was doing. It seems like everybody's reacting to people. And, 
you know, who cares what the record is right now? We're Raider fans. We stick together. We don't fight with each other on social media or whatever. Uh, we're, we're, we're like family. And that's how we should treat each other, like family. So on that note, uh, I hope everybody has a great day. Later. I like this call. I like this call for a lot of reasons. One reason is... You know, I've seen that on the internet about the bag over your face, and somebody was saying, bring a bag to the Coliseum. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I wouldn't want to be the guy with the bag, because he's not going to see the punches coming, because ain't nobody in the Coliseum going to put up with that shit. We have never been as bad as the Saints were. We have three Super Bowls, man. The Saints had zero that whole time. Now, yeah, they were the Aints for a reason, but we ain't the Aints. We're the Raiders. And there ain't no bag coming out for me, and I feel sorry for the man who thinks he's going to get away wearing a bag in Oakland. I don't think it's going to happen, bro. As far as Terrell Pryor goes, he is where he is. And that's all I have to say about that. The Raider Nation is hanging. And as far as fighting amongst family, hell, man, I fight more with my family than anybody else. And I expect nothing less from the Raider Nation Yeah, there's a lot of sensitive and insensitive folks. But really, when it comes down to game day, we're all hoping for the same thing, brother. Thanks for the call. Love it. Man, we got lots of positive people up here in the Raider Nation podcast. We have Caleb, the Raider optimist. I love it. What's going on, brother? What's up, Raider Nation? This is Caleb, the Raider Optimist. Uh, I just want to remind all of us Raider fans out there that not not to get too down on uh, what's going on here in Oakland because we do have a lot of positives to uh, look at here, a lot of them. Uh, yeah, we're 0-8, uh, but we have competed uh, a lot since Tony Sperano took over as coach. You got to say the last four games aren't like the previous four before that with Dennis Allen. Uh, that guy just could not motivate people. It was just like a dial tone, I guess, to the players. You know, it just wasn't clicking. Sperano has that ability. He's a player. He's a Parcells guy. I mean, it, it, hey, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have any issue if uh, Sperano took over as coach. Uh, into next season, or, or you know, or at least into next season. Give them a whole full season. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Save money. You ain't got to go out and get Gruden. You ain't got to go out and get Harbaugh and, 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 and waste that money because it's obvious that they're clicking under him right now. So, uh, you know, that that's just my take on it, on the Sperano thing. But there's a lot of positives to go with uh, what's going on, you know, as far as big picture. We got a lot of young guys that can play, okay? We got a lot of young guys. We got offensive linemen. You know, we got Steve Wisniewski, okay, center. He looks like he's going to be there. We got Gabe Jackson, okay? That looks like a pretty pretty good draft pick. That's going to be there for a while. Obviously, Derek Carr, he's the franchise quarterback. Make no mistake about it. Number four, his favorite player was Brett Favre. Uh, plays a whole heck of a lot. He reminds me a whole heck of a lot, like Brett Favre, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this guy is legit. He's a big-time player. He's going to be, 
He's going to be the future for the Raiders for at least the next decade. So we got a, a lot of plus sides. Um, you know, uh, defensively, we have Khalil Mack that's, and TJ Carey, you know. Uh, like both those guys, and maybe even DJ Hayden. We had a DJ Hayden sighting uh, last weekend against uh, Seattle. So I don't know about that, but definitely Khalil Mack and, and TJ Carey look like a couple keepers on defense. Uh, Hayden, we'll see. Uh, offensively, we've got a good, good couple good uh, young linemen with uh, Gabe Jackson and Wisniewski. And uh, obviously Derek Carr. Now, hey, you can't put anything. The poor guy, bless his heart, he's trying his best, guys, to do what he can. When you got zero running game, it don't matter if you got Joe Montana, John Elway, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you name it. You ain't got no running game. You ain't got a chance. So I'm sorry, McFadden, let him go. Trade him, try to get something for him. I don't know if you can. You probably can't. Let it go, man, like Frozen, okay? <laughs> my, my daughter's favorite movie. Let it go, let it go, okay? Uh, scratch all that. We need a new running game. Uh, let's plug in some. Look, hey, how about this? We got a lot of, we got a lot of money to spend on, on free agency. Let's go this time instead of the defensive side with, uh, you know, Tuck and Woodley, which are a bunch of busts, and uh, whoever the heck else they brought in. Uh, uh, Maurice Jones, he ain't going to be here next year. Let's go fully all the way to the offensive side of the ball. Let's get this guy some weapons because this guy can sling it. He could throw it. He could do. He could do the touch passes. He could zing it in there, throw it, sling it. He moves well in the pocket, shuffles, moves his feet, moves. Man, the guy. And then he's got. He's got what four six four seven speed. In case he's got to, you know, scramble out, do some bootlegs. He could do that. The kid's a winner. The kids. Let's get this guy some weapons. Can you imagine this guy with a Jimmy Graham uh, type of tight end? Okay. I mean, you're talking safety blanket right there, Charlie Brown, man. But hey, oh boy, I tell you what, I, I'm very, uh, very happy uh, for you know, unlike uh, you know what what is invisible right now is the O and A. Yeah, okay, our record sucks. Okay, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. But we got a lot of things to be happy about. Okay. We got to go out there. We got to start winning some games. We got to be detail oriented. We got to do all the fundamentals. Get back to fundamentals. I like Tony Sperano, man. I love Tony Sperano. Okay, I wouldn't mind keeping him. You know what I'm saying? Unless you can, you know, you're gonna have to pay Gruden a ton of money. I don't know if that's the right way. You know, if they want to do it, you know, I guess. You know, Gruden loves quarterbacks. Him, Derek Carr, they would just freaking have a field day. You know, they would never leave the doggone complex. But, uh, man, can you imagine the money you could save if you could just, hey, rehire Sprano, give him a year. What, you know, what, what harm is it going to do? Hey, and and let, it, let it go that way. Let it go that way. Let's get Carr some weapons. Let's give him some weapons. Running game. We need a running game. Okay? Let's focus offensively. That way we could score points and at least be in the game. Be in the game, you know, 35 to 28 or whatever, you know. Something like that. Instead of doing this other, let's go the other way because obviously we got a quarterback now, and that's a good thing. So, so that's basically what I got to say right now. I'm the Raider Optimist. This is Caleb. So long. Go Raiders. Yeah, baby. There we go. Another optimal 
Raider fan, optimist. You know, I love the call. Got some great takes. You can see you're, you're like a lot of other fans that have called into the show. Um, and we're all kind of looking at the same thing. And let me just tell you, uh, from where we came. Now, when the season started out, a lot of people talking playoffs. Some people talking about winning eight games, nine games. I was going on maybe four to six games. Uh, a lot of us had expectations. But listen, <laughs> depression, there's five stages. The first stage of depression is denial or isolation. And we denied the fact that we were that bad or that we, we weren't going to win a game. Then there's anger. We were all pissed. I was pissed. You were pissed. Everybody was pissed about everything. Reggie McKenzie, the coaches, this, that, the players. Uh, and then, of course, there was some bargaining. Like, well, McKenzie's not too bad, but Allen's got to go. And perhaps if we exchange this guy for this guy, or maybe you move, there's the bargaining part. And then full-on depression happens where you're so bummed like my last show before this where I was like, you know, where do you go? Where do you go from low? And then the last stage of depression is acceptance. Look, man, we've all accepted who we are. We've accepted our schedule. We've accepted uh, what we've been dealt with this, this year with the coach, uh, with all the buffoonery that's gone on. And I think in the acceptance, all of us, all the callers, actually the whole nation, is seeing that there is a light. There is a positive thing. We have a core group of players. If we can hold on to these guys, keep them, pay them, and move on to the next season with all the possibilities of a high-round draft pick, trading down, getting more high-round picks, and really bringing in to the Raiders the young, hungry talent that we need here to fill these holes, which we could do in one year now. One freaking season. We could get a good running back, a couple of good linemen, another defensive back, another linebacker, perhaps a defensive lineman, perhaps a wide receiver. The possibilities are so great that we can improve that I think at this point, the Raider Nation has understood and does understand that of all the losing teams of this year, we're not even talked about. They talk about the fucking Jets. They talk about the Buccaneers. They still talk about the Jaguars. The Raiders are not mentioned in any NFL news that I've seen. There has not been one mention of our team. Good. I say good. Because while they're giggling and giddy over the Jets and sorry about the Jaguars and puzzled about the Buccaneers. Nobody's paying attention because the Raiders are going to come back next year and really freak some people out. That I'm sure. So we have the rest of the season to look forward to. I'm watching every game. I'm looking for some fight in this dog because I think this dog has got a hell of a fight in it. And I'll put my dog up against any other goddamn dog in the neighborhood. That's a fact. And on that, I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Oh.